Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. I'm excited to continue in our series on vision and values, and um, I am, uh, I'm going two weeks in a row because this week's message really is a direct extension from what I talked about last week, which um, was about being a reconciling community, um, the ministry of reconciliation. And um, what we're talking about today is, is a compassionate ministry. And that flows directly from this ministry of reconciliation that we've been given. So um, if you missed that message and you want to catch up, you can always um, check it out on our website, vineyardcleveland.org, or um, we have a podcast. I don't know if you guys know that, but on iTunes, you can find the Vineyard Cleveland podcast there as well and catch up on messages that you missed during the week. So um, we, uh, you know, this message really builds on the, it's kind of the, the culmination in some ways of a lot of what we've been talking about through this vision and value series. And we talked about partnership with the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do um, is bring the heart of God, bring the compassionate heart of God to people that need it. And uh, we talked about lives of worship and this is part of our, uh, this is our expression of worship. We talked about reconciling and one of the big ways that we want to reconcile is we want to Um, bring people that are maybe overlooked by society to the table, let them know that they have a place um, in the church, in the community, and that uh, someone sees them and loves them. So that's what we're, that's what we're meaning when we say compassionate ministry. So um, before I start, I wanted to read, I I realized that I didn't read this passage that I have kind of, you know, where it says that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. I alluded to that, but it's important enough to read. And um, before I move on to the things that build off of this, I want to just go back and read this passage as we, um, as we center and focus today. So this is from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I'm going to pick it up in verse 14. And it says, For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. We'll stop there, but um, that's the that's the basis of all of this. That there's a there's a ministry that God has given us, and you know, I don't know what you hear when you hear the word ministry, but um, I realize that 
it's one of those, you know, church words. It's a word that you hear in church. And one of my, like, one of, I feel like the big calls that God has given me in sharing is, because I just love words so much, is to take these words that are church words and pull them down out of the rafters of the church and make them practical to us so that when we hear those words, we don't, like, just blow over it and be like, okay, that's a churchy word. I think maybe I know what that means, but that we actually have skin on it. So uh, ministry is actually, is super simple. The, um, the word in the, in the Greek here, it just means uh, work or service. It's really not anything fancy. Um, you don't need a special minister to do a ministry. It's just a, a thing that God has given to all of us. You notice that Paul is saying us there. He's not meaning just the apostles or the, the, you know, the heads of the church. He said God has given us, all of us, the whole church, this ministry. And all it is, all a ministry is, is a, a work or a service that we do. Um, the Greek word is diakonos, which is, or from that root anyway, and same word that churches have gotten the term deacon from. So again, churches have tended to take, unfortunately, have tended to take things that are meant for all of us and just give it to a few people. You know, maybe you've heard of churches with deacons as like an office in the church, and there, there's nothing wrong with using that name, but um, we don't want to lose sight that the ministry is for everyone. Um, and the, you know, if you, you probably heard someone here maybe even say like, um, you know, the pastors on staff here, we don't really prefer to be referred to as ministers because we're all ministers. Like I'm not any more of a minister in the kingdom than you are just because I'm standing on a stage talking to you. Um, we together are ministers um, because we can, because there's work that we can do. And it's really, it's really that simple. So the service and the work that God has for us uh, is for all of us. And so when you hear like the ministry of reconciliation, don't think um, like special people have to do this and don't be like, I'm just going to wait for someone else to do this. The challenge is for you, is for me, it's for all of us. And I think it's easy to... Um, you know, it's easy to come into church wanting to be ministered to, and it, I, I, know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We're supposed to minister to each other. So yes, people should be ministering to you, but you also should be ministering to other people. So it's both. We're not going to do one at the expense of the other. Like, you should expect that people would minister to you when you come here, but you should also expect to be a minister. And that same thing, then, if it applies here in the church, it also applies in the world at large as we go, that um, the things that God has for us are things that he wants to give to us and then things that he wants to give through us to other people. And we'll continue talking about that um, as we go here. So that's what, that's what ministry is when we're talking about the ministry of reconciliation. And one of the big things that flows from that ministry is, um, is compassion because people, um, people in the world, you know, from the very beginning of the church, the church realized that their call was to, to help people. That word deacon, you know, it came from the first, the very first like big problem that the church encountered was that they were having trouble like taking care of all the people. And some of the people were like, you're not, you're not caring for our widows and people in need. And so they sent out special people for that ministry. They set them apart, you know, to work on that problem. And 
It wasn't like they sent the leftovers of the church to that task. They sent some of the strongest people. I mean, Stephen, do you know his story from the Bible? Like the great evangelist, and he was working miracles. It says the same about Philip, one of the other people that they set aside. And like they, they gave the best of the best that they had beyond the apostles into this ministry. So it's a, it's a thing for, for all of us. And it, it was like a top priority from the church for the beginning, uh, for the church from the beginning. And so all of those things are, are part of what it means to do the ministry of reconciliation because one a group that needs to be reconciled is people that are overlooked by society because if you're overlooked by society, it's easy to feel like God is overlooking you also. If you are poor or looked down on by people who have more, um, it might be easy to think that God has less value for you too and, and nothing could be further from the truth. So, Part of that ministry is um, showing people that God, what God has is for them, no matter, no matter who they are. Whether they are bringing anything to the table, you know, whether they're potential future you know, financial contributors to the church or not. Everybody is welcome to the table, and everybody has something to offer. So that's this idea of ministry. And the second part to that is, is compassionate ministry. You know, um, when we talk about a ministry of compassion, um, we're, we're talking about something that uh, is more than just like work, but is something that has an emotional component to it. And <clears throat> the word for this one uh, has to do with, with feeling it in your guts, in the in the Roman world at the time, they hadn't quite settled as on the heart yet, as where like physically we picture our emotions residing, even though the heart is really just pumping our blood. The image they used was more like the kidneys and intestines and stuff. Like if you felt for somebody, you felt it like down there in your guts. Um, easier for some of us than others, but I, as soon as I read that in my um, little Bible dictionary, I realized that I needed help to give this message today because I'm just going to be totally honest with you. I am not good at this part. I'm not naturally compassionate. Um, it doesn't come easily to me, but sometimes when God asks you to share on things, um, he asks you to share on things that you need to preach to yourself as well. And um, I just need to say that because otherwise I feel like I would be like a hypocrite until <laughs> in like talking to you about it. I'm not strong in this, but I want to get better at it. And maybe some of you can identify with that. I'm not, uh, I don't feel like that's a strength in my life, but I recognize God's call on it. So anyway, I knew I needed help. So what I decided to do is ask some people who are much better than me at Compassion to come up and share with you also. And so um, I want to ask Mike Lowe, who's the compassion pastor at our church, to come up. <laughs> that seems like a good idea. And he and his wife, uh, Rita, are together leading our one of the biggest ways that we're doing compassionate ministry here uh, through our food pantry, Seeds of Hope. So if they want to come up now, uh, just guys, make them feel welcome, and let's listen to them share about compassion as well.
of inaction. And what that means is that we need to be the hands and feet doing the work. And that's kind of what we do. There's a number of areas that we um, reach out to the community, um, not just the food pantry. Um, we're working with um, Community of Hope, uh, which is an open table um, venue. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but you can go online and just type in Google open table. And um, they come alongside young people that are in somewhat trouble. So um, anyway, we're going to work with Community of Hope. We're going to have a giving tree uh, this year. It'll be out front in the hallway. Uh, there'll be tags with uh, uh, young people's age and I don't know they have names. I'm not using names, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, that'll be your opportunity to be involved in compassion ministry. And uh, it looks like we're going to have somewhere between 25 and 40 um, tags on there that you can um, pick a tag, pick two tags, however many you want. Um, also, uh, one of the other things we're doing is uh, this Thanksgiving. Uh, we're not having a Thanksgiving dinner as we have had in the past for obvious reasons. And uh, so what we are going to do is we're going to present... Um, we're going we're gonna to have boxes over here, and Evan, you can correct me if I get this wrong, um, that will have um, names, phone number, and what we'll need to do, we'll, we'll pre-box some things from our pantry, but then we're going to ask you, and you'll, you'll see more information as this comes out later, closer to Thanksgiving, um, that there's going to be an opportunity for you to put together a Thanksgiving meal for a family. Uh, so just look for the, uh, the emails coming out in a little bit so uh, you'll have more information on that. Also along Thanksgiving is the Girl Scouts, the local Girl Scout troop. Uh, first week in November, they're going to do a food drive. They're going to go door to door. They're going to they're get, uh, uh, we did this two years ago. and. It was phenomenal, the amount of food that these gals brought in. So um, we'll be doing that. Um, also, um, bear with me here a minute. Um, part of the Love in Action, um, I know Evan has already talked about it. We uh, serve the migrant worker community uh, that are uh, here from Florida away from their families to work in the farms in the community, um, which without them, there probably wouldn't be a lot of stuff in the stores. And so we wanted to honor them and, and uh, just kind of bless them. So we had a pizza dinner for them, which uh, I think went really well. Um, I just wanted to touch on uh, what compassion actually means. Um, you know, in Second Corinthians, uh, it talks about the Father of compassion, that God is the Father of compassion and God of all comfort, which, um, if you look at the Latin, compati, 
means suffer with. Compassion means someone else's heartbreak becomes our heartbreak, another's suffering becomes our suffering, and true compassion changes the way we live. <clears throat> if we go into a grocery store, we sometimes don't notice the people that are there to serve us, whether it be someone working in the produce or whether it be someone uh, at the checkout. These folks tend to be invisible. Those are the people that we need to see. I don't know if you've ever had occasion where you're ready to check out and you get the perfunctory, oh, how are you? Well, I always go, how are you? And that opens the doors for dialogue. And my wife was with me one time, and this lady at the register just opened up. And we were there a little bit. The line was getting longer, but I didn't care. She just opened up, and she looks and goes, I don't know why I'm telling you all this. We know. So that's uh, something that uh, I would encourage you, because it's not just about being here in this building on a Sunday. It's about taking Jesus with you everywhere you go and seeing Jesus in those people that are invisible. And they need to know that God loves them, that he sees them, and he knows their name. Um, so I want to take up all of Ben's time. Rita, <laughs> would you like to say a few things? I think he said most of it. The most stuff of you wanted to oh, yeah. say. But, but anyways, come, um, compassion, compassion is something near and dear to my heart. Um, it's about seeing all the people that God has put in front of you, the people that um, you may just look past. So com compassion uh, is just something huge for me. Um, serving at Seeds of Hope, um, it brings life to me. I think I get more out of serving at Seeds of Hope than the people who I serve. Um, it just, it's what I live for. I work full time, but this is what I look forward to. Uh, no matter the work involved, it is something that God has put on my heart. Um, and it's something that everybody can do. Like God has given you, God has given you gifts to use for compassion. Um, whether, um, I find it more so when you've gone through a hard time, um, maybe something, something bad, um, something that you didn't plan on. God comforted you and he's not going to let you waste that experience because there are other people who are going through the same thing and who need somebody to walk alongside them and just encourage them and be with them. Um, so it could be anything. Um, it could be if um, uh, domestic violence. It could be somebody who's addicted. Like to look past all those things. Those are, those are just um, ideas. Um, and God speaks of compassion a lot in the Bible. Um, of how compassionate he is and how he wants us to clothe ourselves with compassion. Um, okay, um, I'm just looking. I, I did have something else to say, I, along with Mike. Um, a, a lot of times we don't think um, it means to suffer with, but that is exactly what it means. 
um, and true compassion changes the way that we live. The humane quality of understanding the suffering of others and wanting to do something about it is all what compassion is about. Um, I did, um, I, I saw a um, quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and the quote was, we must learn to regard people less in the light of what they do or admit to do and more in the light of what they suffer. A lot of times we see people or we may come in contact with people and maybe we think, well, you know what? They put themselves there, okay? But I always try to look past that and what made them do that? Something in their life happened um, and that helps me to be more compassionate. I wasn't always that way, but you know, God helps you grow. I just wanted to uh, mention that uh, your giving uh, has been amazing over this past year. Uh, it has allowed us to uh, manage a surplus of food items, uh, which I would invite you, if you ever want a tour of the food pantry, I'd be happy to do it. Um, there's a storeroom right over here, uh, we call the stage right, stage left. Um, Anyway, uh, you're welcome to take a peek in there. Um, this is all you're doing. It's God's provision, yes, but he's used you to help provide that. So um, you're more than welcome to take a peek later. Um, also, um, if any of you um, want to get involved in something, come on a Saturday, come on a Tuesday evening, and um, just hang out. You know, we'll be community. We'll, um, and if it's not your cup of tea, that's okay. That's okay. God gives everyone their particular gifts. And uh, so, appreciate your time, Ben. Thank you. Um, thank you, guys. Hmm. Man. So much good to just follow on. I mean, just hearing Mike and Rita talk, like I, I was kind of sharing, I felt uneasy sharing about compassion. I feel better already, don't you? Yeah. Just hearing, uh, just hearing from them, just such a such a blessing that they are to our church and to all of us. And um, I want to just um, emphasize what what they were saying because it's all it's all from this verse that. What, what they're embodying there is what I was reading from 2 Corinthians 5.14 where it says that the love of Christ controls us. And the more that we submit to what God has for us, the more that his love will like take over. How Rita was saying that she wasn't always compassionate like that, but the more that she's done it and grown in it now, like this is the driving force of her life. Like she has her job which in which she's also compassionate. You know, she's a nurse. She doesn't talk about it too much, but this this compassion is like bringing her here and like getting her moving in the morning and like that is um, something that God could have for all of us you know and just that idea of looking at people through Jesus's eyes compassion you know means literally you know, like they were saying to feel the same feelings that people feel and that's what Jesus specialized in 
Like over and over in the New Testament, it's saying that Jesus had compassion on people. He had compassion on them when they were hungry or when they were sick or when they were going through loss. Um, he, he saw them and he felt the thing that they were feeling and he wanted to do something about it. And the reason that that happened is because, uh, like it says in 2 Corinthians 5.16, he, he didn't regard them according to what the flesh would think of them, right? But he looked at them through the Father's eyes. And that's, uh, that's a huge thing for us too, like with that quote from Bonhoeffer, that the, the world tells us to look at people certain ways. You know, like um, one of the downsides of the American dream and this like self-made ethos that we have is that somehow people that aren't like making it are somehow deficient because they aren't making it. That's how the world might view them. But what, like we don't know the things that they have gone through or what brought them to the place that they are. And when Jesus sees those people, he doesn't see deficiency. He sees people that he loves and wants to minister to. He sees a reason to stop what he was doing. You know, he was walking with hundreds of people following him, and he would just stop and, like, minister to someone who was blind or lame. Um, and this happened, this happened over and over. One of my favorites was in, in Luke 7. He um, was just walking by a, a funeral procession and, and saw that this woman, who her son had died, and she was a widow, and the son was the only person left that she had to support her. And it says that Jesus was, like, stopped by his compassion. Like, I have to do something. And he just went right up to the casket as it was walking by and said, hey, son, get up. And that was, that was compassion for Jesus. And, I, uh, and he just he gave, him, gave him back to his mother, he said. And uh, that's the kind of stuff that Jesus has for us, too. So... We know that Jesus wants us to live that way too because the stories that he told, he would put that word in there, compassion, as well. You, I mean, you know the story of the prodigal son, right? Um, what happened when the son came back? Well, the father was looking for him and his heart was filled with what? Compassion, the same word. He, he didn't look at the son as the world might tell him to look at him, as an irresponsible rebel, as someone who turned his back on the family, but he saw him through the heavenly father's eyes and gave a, you know, that's the picture that Jesus was painting in that story, that the heavenly father sees us and he sees the, our pain and wants to rescue us from it, even though it has caused him pain too. The parable Jesus told about the good Samaritan too, this person that wasn't even, you know, Jesus challenged everybody with an example of someone who wasn't even in the church or the community of believers and he was the one that was a true neighbor to the person because he looked at him and took compassion. He was like, what would, I, what would I want someone to do if I was bleeding on the side of the road, you know? And uh, so, so Jesus wants us to be like him in these ways. So just to put a few like quick reasons like bullet points to follow God in compassion we have been first we've been given the ministry of reconciliation we are called to share God's love and the good news that people can be reconciled to God no matter who they are or what the world thinks of them but compassion is not just a vehicle for the gospel for a gift to be a gift there has to be no strings attached to receive like food from our food pantry you don't have to listen to the gospel 
But you're going to see it in action all around you if you come, right? We don't, we don't make people like hear a message, but we live the gospel near them, the good news, the welcome, all those things. And um, that, that is part of how the ministry of reconciliation works. So part of the reason we do it is for that. Another reason is to follow Jesus' example and become more like him. So I'm giving you kind of more like the, like the analytical, the mental side of this. Like, why does this make sense? Well, this makes sense for this reason. We follow Jesus to become more like him. And that's a great thing is that when we, even if you don't like feel the like burning passion to do the thing that Jesus has called you to do, when you do it, you start to feel his heart more. Right. It's not like faking it till you make it. It's being obedient and seeing your heart be changed. And that's what, that's what Rita was talking about. You, I mean, you could almost hear the difference in between like, the more like, analytical type reasons I'm giving you and like, the overflowing heart that was happening when she was speaking. Did you guys sense that difference? That like, this thing is flowing out of her. And so the goal... The, the final like, reason that we want to do compassion is because the more we do it, the less we'll be able to help it. Like, the love of Christ, if, the more we like, immerse ourselves in that love and commit to sharing it with people, the, it, it begins to take over. It compels us or controls us, like it says in 2 Corinthians. And, and when that happens, it's like, it's, you know, it's all we can do to to like, we, we always are feeling the partnership of his heart and it is driving us to do things, things that we love. Like it's not a hassle. You know, nothing about it is a hassle for Mike and Rita because that, that passion is driving them. And that um, is a place that I would love to get to more. I know the right things to do in my head and sometimes I'm able to do them, right? And I, but I want to feel more of God's heart overflowing through me. And maybe some of you are in that place today. I feel like it's a unique struggle in, in my generation. And really, this, the current generation is not just like people my age, but everyone that's alive at this time. It's a challenge for us to be compassionate because there's so much going on around us that is grieving God's heart, Right? If you're going to commit to like really feeling how God feels about things, there's a whole bunch of things happening right now and we're all connected through these little like you know the internet in our pockets to like all the bad things that are happening. You know, when it used to just be you knew one community and maybe whatever you read in the newspaper, I think it was a little easier to like hold God's heart for it. But now anything in the country or even the world that goes bad and wrong like is just delivered to us through this news all the time, and I think it can like, create a fatigue in our hearts. Like, it's hard to keep on being willing to engage in God's heart for people. And if we're not careful, those, all that like, news and stuff from around the world coming in will lead us to want to numb ourselves so that we miss the people that are around us, like the, you know, the grocery cashier that Mike was talking about, or the, you know, the person on the side of the road who's trying to change their tire, you know, or those kind of things. And we, we, have, to, we have to fight against that. We have to, um, like, rise to that. That's, like, a great challenge of our generation to, to be alive instead of being numbed by the things we see. And it's certainly only gotten worse with COVID and, we, you know, the p- 
pandemic has made us like not even know what to feel like should I be even like is it okay for me to talk to somebody can I get close to them are they going to freak out on me you know there's all there's all sorts of things that we can get in our own heads but again what I'm suggesting is that this compassion thing it doesn't like I, I gave you some head reasons for it but it doesn't flow from up here it comes from the heart that of Jesus being born inside us and anytime when I've actually been able to walk in it that way I've seen so much more life come through me because it's not just like oh I know the right thing I probably should like help this person it's like no I I have to do this because this is what Jesus is doing so so let's let's ask for more of God's heart for those things Let's not wait until we feel full of like warm, fuzzy feelings to do what we know we're supposed to do. Like, I'm not trying to diminish. Like When I've done the right thing because I know it's right and I do it even if I don't really want to, I think that that honors Jesus too, right? But let's be asking for his heart that would lead us to overflow into the things that he is, is holding for us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You know, um, one of the things that God challenged me with is that, you know, he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. You know, that doesn't mean that God is not still, like, active miraculously. He is, and it's only through his miraculous provision that we do the things. Like we've been talking about today, you know, we work and God works through us. It's a, it's a partnership. But I just kind of felt like if we've been given the ministry, then all the things that you pray for and ask God to be for you, those are the things that God is calling you to be for others. Calling me to be for others. And that is a challenge to my self-centered view of the world. I'd like to do the things that I like and the things that are good for me. And maybe I don't really believe that God is going to provide for me in the ways I'm asking, so I'll try to provide for myself, and I'll just handle it. Just being honest with you guys, any, anybody else like feel like that sometimes? But if we can, so like what I think underneath that is like if we believe that we'll be provided for, that God is those things for us, and his, we've seen his heart of blessing to provide and guide us through, like if we believe that we're covered, that will give us the strength to like open our hearts to maybe feel what other people are feeling and um, and trust God to to work through us and to give his heart to people around us and that is something that I am going to be trying to grow in you know I, I preach that to myself and if it is good for you today too then then follow along and let's do it together